I'm Jasmine Lopez, and this is Making Contact. On August 29th, 2005, Hurricane Katrina ripped through the southern Gulf Coast. Bringing with her all kinds of problems. Buildings have collapsed. There are reports from New Orleans of uh, people trapped in buildings that have come down around them, but the rescuers can't get out. It's simply too dangerous right now in those plus 135 mile an hour winds. The long neglected Lake Pontchartrain levee broke, flooding most of New Orleans. An entire ward of this city, the ninth ward, appears to be up to its rooftops in water. Government preparation and rescue efforts catastrophically failed. Uh, as I left tonight, uh, darkness of course had fallen and you can hear people yelling for help. You can hear the dogs yelping all of them stranded, all of them hoping someone will come. About 80% of the New Orleans area was underwater, displacing more than 400,000 residents. Many drowned in their homes and more than 1,800 died across the Gulf Coast region. Katrina left a trail of devastation stretching for years to come. Some people didn't have a home to return to, and now 10 years later, it's estimated that there are nearly 100,000 fewer African Americans living in the city of New Orleans. Drawn by reconstruction work, the number of Latino immigrants has nearly doubled. On this edition of Making Contact, we're taking you to New Orleans. We'll talk to residents about how the city has transformed since Katrina and the resulting friction. Reconstruction after Hurricane Katrina drew thousands of people from India, Brazil, Mexico, Honduras, and other Latin American countries. Workers were charged with pulling dead bodies from abandoned homes and rebuilding New Orleans. But the influx of migrant workers also increased immigration crackdowns. Estamos aquí para exigirle al Presidente Obama. That's Luis Medina at a march led by the New Orleans Workers' Center for Racial Justice demanding an end to the separation of families because of deportations. People marched in support of President Obama's Deferred Action for Parents of Americans program during a hearing that took place at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans on July 10, 2015. Jose Monterrubio, an undocumented reconstruction worker from Mexico, was also one of hundreds of protesters demanding an end to ICE abuses and the deportation of immigrants. He came to New Orleans one month after Katrina to work and help rebuild the city, but was detained by ICE agents years later. On a recent drive, Monterrubio shared what happened. First, there weren't tools, there were no materials. There was no light, no water, no food. It was difficult. Drawn by a bounty of construction jobs, Jose Monterrubio came to New Orleans after Katrina. As we drive down Canal Street, he describes early reconstruction efforts. But little by little, where we would go clean, you could find a shovel or something. With that very tool, you could work. It was like that for months and months. We haven't finished. It's not finished 100%. The reconstruction isn't complete. It's estimated that over 40,000 Latin American people descended on New Orleans to help rebuild the Big Easy. People came from all over the world, 
Mexico, Honduras, Brazil, even India. Primarily, the majority came from Mexico and Central America. But not all reconstruction workers have received a warm welcoming to the city. Do you want me to show you where they got me? It's right there. Monterrubio points out where he says he was corralled and nabbed by ICE agents in 2012. That morning, I'd work, but the boss told me, wait for me at this hour because I'm not going to arrive early. We waited for him. Honestly, I never thought they were going to get me early in the morning. It was a sting. The agents were going round and around and around. Another was walking, another on this side. I couldn't run. I couldn't run. Monterrubio was trapped. Often ICE agents assert they're looking for a similar-looking fugitive among a group of day laborers, but then will arrest everybody. That's what happened to José Luis Gómez in 2011. Gómez became part of the Southern 32, a group of New Orleans immigrant leaders that faced deportation for speaking up about civil and labor rights violations. When Gómez's lawyers sought an evidentiary hearing and requested subpoenas, the government refused to make the agents available for questioning or provide the warrants for the alleged missing fugitive, his photo, and other evidence. According to the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, TRAC, an organization at Syracuse University, ICE refuses to release any good data on where apprehensions take place. But Border Patrol apprehensions in the New Orleans area more than doubled after Katrina and continued to increase until 2009. ICE dragnets targeting Latino day laborers have become so commonplace that in 2013 the City Council passed a resolution requesting the Orleans Parish Sheriff refrain from unlawfully detaining undocumented immigrants for indefinite periods of time. Finally, they took me to Basile. I was there a month. When they found me, I was tied here, my waist, my feet. Repeated cases like these prompted the formation of Congress of Day Laborers, also called Congreso. It's an initiative of the New Orleans Workers' Center for Racial Justice that organizes day laborers and provides education on their civil and labor rights. Monterrubio was taken to the South Louisiana Correctional Center in Basile. But because he was a member of Congreso, he had legal representation. After that, the lawyers of Congress of Day Laborers fought for my case. The judge closed the case, and here I continue my work with the Congress of Day Laborers. Monterrubio and I arrived to the location of a weekly meeting for Congreso members. On the steps of First Grace United Methodist Church, families chat and gather around vendors selling tamales, tacos, horchata. Shortly after gathering and eating, the people at the food stands enter the church for the Congreso meeting. An organizer greets attendees and later Monterrubio acts out a skit where they discuss the importance of carrying a Congreso identification card. Police, I need your license, ma'am. Please, some identification. The ID card lists a person's name and date of birth and states that the holder wishes to exercise his or her right to remain silent and to consult with a lawyer before answering questions. Fine, this ID is fine. I'll just give you a ticket for no license. Monterrubio is committed to working as a community leader through Congreso. 
He says that the fear of deportation is always present, but work is why he came to this country. It's why he came to New Orleans. No, uno no sabe si lo de van a deportar o lo van a dejar, pero... Because you don't know if you're going to be deported or let go. Fear. I haven't committed a crime, so I'm relaxed. It's not my country. I came to work. While New Orleans is considered a sanctuary city for undocumented immigrants, the House passed a bill on July 23, 2015, cutting off federal funding for such cities. Meanwhile, a similar bill is being offered by Senator David Vitter, and Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal says he intends on ending sanctuary cities through his proposed partners in crime law. As Monterrubio put it, the reconstruction efforts aren't over. People will still come to New Orleans to work, and contractors will still continue to recruit workers. For Making Contact, I'm Jasmine Lopez.